Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Friday edition of Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. I'm your host, Bill Krieger, and today my guest is Anthony Grappito. He is the founder and speaker for The Magic of Hope. So, Anthony, if you'd introduce yourself, we'll get the conversation started. How's it going, everybody? I'm uh, I'm Anthony Grappito. I'm 26 years old, and uh, I'm a Michigan man, so... <laughs> Michigan by you like Michigan or you're a Michigan like University of Michigan fan? Oh, no. Born and raised in Michigan, right in Lake Orion. Uh, I never went to college. I, I, I became a magician instead. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, very interesting. So um, we found out about you through some contacts at work because we were looking for someone to come in and present and talk about uh, mental health and emotional well-being. And I was just fascinated by your story when we talk about the magic of hope. So you are a magician, you do magic, but you do magic with a purpose. So can you talk a little bit about what the magic of hope is? And then I would like to talk about how it got to be from where it began to where it is today. So the magic of hope is uh, an hour long presentation talking about mental health and wellness, coping skills for stress, anxiety, and depression, and even the topic of suicide prevention. And I use magic in this keynote presentation to illustrate all of the points that I'm talking about. And in my opinion, it, um, it just makes it so much more engaging and accessible to people because it's no longer just this long drawn out conversation about things that uh, we truthfully don't really want to be talking about. Through the use of magic, it's making it okay to not be okay. Then. Yeah. You, yeah. I think, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I always, I always looked at it as magic is a reminder that we have the tools to accomplish the impossible. And I feel like so many people who are attending these presentations look at, you know, this conversation as an impossible and stigmatized conversation. But uh, by showing them that, you know, as, as a magician, I have the tools to accomplish, like finding a card after it's lost or uh, pulling a wine bottle out of a space pocket in midair, <laughs> that, that really anything can be done. Well, it sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to the presentation you'll be doing for us here uh, in mid-November. But, you know, I've, I've looked at your website a bit and read the reviews, and uh, it's just uh, amazing the lives that you've touched, the work that you do. Um, but i got to ask, how did this all begin? Because you didn't just magically uh, overnight be able to do this. So where did this begin, and how was it for you at the beginning of this? So I think the first time I used magic... Uh, like with a purpose or a message, was uh, back in high school. Um, I was going through that rough spot where I, I had attempted uh, suicide multiple times in high school. But I also went to Lake Gorian that had one of the highest suicide rates in the nation at the time that I was a student. I remember it was so, uh, it was just so prevalent in our school that we actually formed this thing called the Star Class. Looking back, it didn't make much sense to me. Um, <laughs> they gave all these teachers a mental health curriculum and uh, I remember like my entrepreneurial teacher, she was like, I don't know anything about this stuff. I, I don't know how to, I don't even feel comfortable talking to you about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, from there shared some of my struggles that I had gone through and, and, um, I look, re it, it really started helping a lot of people. Well, then to get out of these star classes, I was like, Hey, instead of me sitting here, how would I go to other star classes and do magic shows? But the topic was always, you know, based around mental health and conversation after. And um, I think that's what really kind of sparked it in my head. You know, maybe there's a connection I could draw here. 
And that's when I started creating magic that illustrated, you know, topics of mental health and wellness and suicide and things like that. So you uh, did this in high school and then, of course, graduation day came. What happened after graduation? (laughs) I did what any normal kid would do. Uh, (laughs) My best friend and I got in a Ford Focus and we just kind of went out west. We started this GoFundMe and um, I had created this like 20 minute street performance using magic to talk about depression and to bring awareness to it. Uh, We called it Street Performers Offering Support. And uh, we toured around the country for a bit with it. And uh, we were in Vegas for a while uh, because that was like a really popular place where we could actually do our thing. And, and you know, we put a hat out at the end to basically be like, we're only out here. (laughs) If you guys put put something in here, otherwise we got to go home. So, well, and I I love that part of your story. Now, I'm not so sure that that's what every kid does when they graduate. But uh, but it's, it's a great story. You spent some time in Vegas. Uh, how did you find your way back to Michigan? And then how did the magic of hope sort of take off to the level it's at now? So we were making like, we were making local press. A lot of people from this area were like, oh, wow, that's such a cool thing uh, that they're doing. And um, a couple articles got written about me. Also, I had um, done a show at the Prim Valley Casino, which is, which is a pretty big deal to get booked by at 18 um, <clears throat> with like no equipment, uh, literally just street performing. I convinced a casino to hire me to do like stage magic. Uh, they didn't know I was 18. I think they thought I was 21. So I probably wasn't supposed to be working there at the time, like legally. So they, we, we did a quick little bout and they're like, okay, you, you gotta go. Like, <laughs> you can't. but, um, I made my way back to Michigan. I think we were only supposed to stop home really quick, but we, we really wanted to go home. And, um, I think I had enough clarity of, of my mission and my vision to really start building something uh, bigger than just, you know, a a sidewalk show. And uh, that's when I really started becoming like a a businessman, you know, magician that, that got hired for real events. Uh, I learned what like invoices and all those tax documents were pretty quickly. And I was like, Oh man, these aren't card tricks, but I just kept going with them. And, um, over time, Common Ground picked me up, and I started uh, working with Tony Rothschild. He was the CEO at the time. Uh, based, I mean, he built Common Ground into what it was. And for those of you who don't know what Common Ground is, it's a big crisis and resource center that we have in uh, in Michigan here in Oakland County. Uh, they're located in Pontiac. They they have a bunch of different you know venues and buildings and things like that. But um, I was giving these crisis to hope presentations, convincing people of why they should donate to Common Ground and telling them a little bit about my story uh, at the time. And um, that introduced me into schools. The schools brought me to conferences. Uh, Other speakers and mentors picked me up over time because they saw what I was doing alone. And um, it's been a whole learning experience, even, even with a case study of like, like what actually happens when I do this talk at schools? Like, how does it change the students? How does it help them? Not only are you uh, able to do something that helps other people and and do it as a business because we all you know need to have a place to live and, and food on our table, but you actually are able to measure the impact of what you're doing. Now that's that's something I didn't know. Yeah, so <clears throat> virtually, uh, I only did it with three different schools, so I, I won't call this one like a big case study. But <laughs> uh, but basically, I was like, you know, how what was the impact? 
was the first question. And then I said, well, how can we really judge that impact? Is getting getting someone to a crisis center it? Is this, you know, what 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 is the actual like impact that it made? Well, uh, over two years I, of just asking the counselors, like, what did you see? Um, what they could report to me is the number of students that they connected with that they've never seen before. They've never talked to them. They've never been in the office. And uh, on average, the week of the presentation, you'll see 17 new students um, in, in, in the counseling office. Some of them are there because they're in crisis, maybe one or two of them. Uh, after the presentation, they go, actually, I am struggling. This was the breaking point. Now, now I, I'm coming to you because I need help. Some of them are listening to me and they say, hey, you know, I don't think I have the healthiest ways of coping. The conversation from there, obviously, I'm not allowed to know, but some of them are going to receive help to deal with their stress, anxiety, and depression. And the remainder um, are going there to find, to, to create a plan with the counselor of how they can stay away from these crisis situations where maybe they're not coping in a negative way or they're not doing anything or having anything negative in their life. But they're building that connection so that if it happens, they're already comfortable with the counselor, you know, to, to walk in and say, hey, this is what's going on. That's interesting. You know, um, I can see like if someone is in crisis, having that uh, moment where they're like, oh, there's someplace I can go for help. But it's interesting that some of the students are actually being proactive with, hey, I might need this someday. I'm going to go talk to somebody. I That was something I hadn't even considered. We talk so much about being okay, not being okay, and getting help when you need it. But rarely do we talk about being proactive and thinking about it in case it does happen. Yeah, you know, I think so many people, uh, as, you know, I see, I, even in companies, I think the biggest reason why mental wellness is so important in a company is, is so that you're, you move away from that reactive state. If you're reacting to suicide in your community, well, that, that person is already gone. So now you're, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it to prevent somebody else's. But if you're only reacting to situations, you're not going to be as successful in dealing with them as if you kind of walked in with a plan where, you know, if, if you know what to do uh, when, when you get super stressed out or something traumatic happens, your chance of something negative happening isn't as large, if that makes sense. Oh, it, com it completely makes sense. If you look at any sort of uh, activity as a company that we do, you know, we have plans in case things go wrong. We had a plan in place in case the pandemic hit, right? So when a pandemic hit, we knew what we were going to do. We didn't try and, f I mean, there were some things we had to figure out. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. we, we had a basic plan in place. So it makes sense that why wouldn't we have a plan in place for uh, mental health or personal well-being, which is something that we're doing now um, so that we won't have to be reactive in the future. I just never thought about it that way until you mentioned it. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it, it helps put that all into uh, perspective. So I want to go back to, uh, you know, you mentioned that you are a suicide attempt survivor yourself, as am I. And I find that when I share my story, uh, there are people who will talk about their suicide attempt as well. Many people who have never talked about it with anyone, but they felt comfortable because they realized that they weren't the only person sitting in that room that had felt that way. Um, when you share that with your audience, what kind of reaction do you get? Yeah, I think I get a very similar reaction where, 
I think some people are are uh, very appreciative, and they go, "Wow, I guess I've never even thought of that perspective." Because there are, there are some people who really have never really thought about it, who've never really had something that traumatic happen to them, and great for them. <laughs> or when something happens to them, it's not so anxiety or you know depression setting that they have to go down that route. Then there are the students who go, oh, wow, you know, I thought my stress, my trauma, my depression, my anxiety, I thought all these situations were unique, uh, when truthfully, they're, they're not unique at all. And that's something I, I do say in the presentation is that there's nothing unique about your stress or your trauma or your anxiety or your depression um, or your loss. All of your losses, they're not unique. There was nothing unique in March of 2020 when the world shut down for any, anybody losing. I hear all the time, I don't have a job. I'm like, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> you know, Once you kind of realize that, then it makes a lot more sense to say, okay, wow, there is a way to get out of this, or there is a way to move past this or to grow from this. So, yeah, I think that answers the, <laughs> the question pretty well. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. As I mentioned at the beginning of our discussion, uh, on November 15th, uh, which is uh, this coming Monday, uh, Anthony will be be bringing the magic of hope to all of our coworkers, and that will be at noon. So it will be what we call a lunch and learn. So if you are interested in that, please be sure and reach out to me, and I will make sure that you get uh, the invitation to attend. But Anthony, there are probably a lot of people listening who don't work for Consumers Energy. So how can they get in touch with you uh, to bring the magic of hope to where they're at? Yeah, whether you're holding a conference, uh, whether you're a military base, which I've done it on, <laughs> or a college, a middle school, or high school, um, you can visit themagicofhope.com. You can learn about what I do as a magician. I've had a ton of fun of that. Um, but of course, it has a, a lot of content about what I do as a speaker and a workshop facilitator. Themagicofhope.com. So make sure you have the in there, themagicofhope.com. You can read about Anthony's story there. You can take a look at how you could bring Anthony to your conference or your discussion. Uh, and um, there's also some helpful tips out there as well as some links, I believe. So uh, be sure and check out themagicofhope.com. You know, Anthony, we're getting close to the time where we need to wrap up the podcasts. So before we go, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with? I guess if there's one thing that um, I could leave the audience with when it comes to, I guess, the topic of mental health, or I think what we're kind of more focusing on in the suicide prevention era would be that you can always make a person feel lovely, but it's up to them to make themselves feel loved. And um, I remember one of my college professors, uh, the very short time I did go to college, um, this isn't like a random history class. He just wrote that on the board and just started talking. And uh, that one stuck with me. I think that's something that a lot of people need to hear. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, even in your short college uh, career that, that you pulled something out of that. I think everything happens for a reason. And that may be the, the reason you were sitting in that classroom that day. So, Anthony, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the podcast. Really looking forward to uh, hearing you speak on Monday, November 15th, and I'll look forward to talking to you again. So thanks. Yeah, I'm excited as well. See you soon. And a big thank you to the audience for listening in today. 
Remember, we can be found on all major podcasting platforms, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now you can check us out on Facebook at Podcast, where you'll find out all the latest information about the podcast, including the newest episodes and previous episodes that you may have missed. So be sure to go out to at Podcast on Facebook, like and follow our page, and you'll get all the latest information. And as always, join us every Wellbeing Wednesday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.